I got the joy, 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 joy <laughs> down in my heart. No. Where? We couldn't figure out how to start the episode, so I started singing. You started singing. I was almost going to say something, and then you jumped in. So. Well, because I got the joy. You got the joy. I got the joy. Got and the also, joy. I have the, sniff, the sniffles. <laughs> you do have the sniffles. It's not the Rona. It's just the sniffles. Yeah, I apologize in, in advance. I have tried to take enough decongestants. Congest, is, that, is that the right decongestants. word? Decongestants. Decongestants <laughs> to make it uh, bearable. For you, our lovely listeners, but here we are. Um, so I'll do my very best to not speak to clearly. Sniffle and not to. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I've just, just listened just, to it. Just ignore me this whole time. Just ignore what I have to say. <laughs> Anything I have to do or say. No. So today we're talking about joy, right? So we're opening up a new theme, a new series mm. for this month, and that's the theme of joy and and really joy in marriage. But I think in marriage that translates into a few things like delight and desire. Uh, desire for one another, a desire for the things of God within, you know, within your marriage. Mm. And so it, it's uh, a, a lot of couples that come to us, essentially they're coming to us, whether it's through Facebook or through Instagram messages, we get a lot of messages. They're coming to us because there's on some level, there's a lack of joy in their marriage and they're wanting to get back to the place where they can experience the joy they once had. Okay. And so today we're going to open up this can of worms. Uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking what's in there, especially around marriage, obviously. All and, the different worms of joy. Yeah, just the joyful <laughs> worms. And so today, we're actually going to be looking at joy kind of as a biblical theme and then applying that down into kind of how that can and should look uh, within marriage. And you know what? I learned a ton as we, Selena was schooling me on what joy is and what it isn't. So I'm looking forward to her schooling you as well. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. good at schooling, but I learned master. a lot and I wanted to share with you. So I guess maybe that is universe. the essentially what schooling is, right? Yeah, <laughs> well. The education going for us. So, <laughs> No, you did some, some interesting research, especially around the notion of happiness versus joy. And you know what? It's not what you think it is. It's not what I thought it was. Well, yeah, because I was like, why do people want us to talk about joy? Because we ask our listeners and then we talk to our editing team or editor and people that are on our team <laughs> and they gave us themes for the next couple of months, I guess. And so <laughs> I guess joy, I'm a part of this process you as do well. This. I, I'm actually I, not a part of this process we give at Selena, all. <laughs> yeah. So maybe this is more my own narrative of like oh. joy seems obvious, right? When it comes to marriage. Yes. I want a joyful marriage. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Well, I want to be happy all the time. Okay. Well, what happens when you're not happy? <laughs> is joy gone? Is joy absent? Are you like, killing your joy are you being a killjoy <laughs> which is interesting because uh, our other themes which have been uh, communication right it, priorities it, uh, what else we talk what do, what do we talk boundaries. about boundaries a lot of these have to do with developing skills and mindsets that are aligned with the biblical view um, developing skills i think it's just learning how no, to no, be humble and no i think there's developing okay. skills around boundaries you have yes, you have yes. communication skills that you have to develop right. and, and you know is there a skill aspect to be had in the joy conversation, I right? Think so is it just? 
I think one thing that we've come we've we've unearthed in our initial study is that joy is not just about knowledge and knowing the right thing to do. There's a there's a certain part of joy that it will most it's an expression just to well up yeah, from within it's you. It's an expression. But there is part of it that is that has to do with knowledge and has to yes. do with skill and it has to do with discipline, right? Sure. So that's what we're getting into today. You could say that. One could say that for sure. So, for sure. Uh, I, I'm really intrigued by this. And you know what? And very hopeful because like I said in the intro is there's, if, if you're listening to this and you've lacked joy in your marriage, in other words, you're not delighting in one another. You're lacking um, connection and the joy that comes from connection. You're feeling like there's just something off. And we're here to give you some hope today and perhaps help set your foot on the path toward health and growth in this area of your marriage. So uh, thank you for joining us in advance. Uh, I want to get into the episode, but I do want to do this little bit of housekeeping. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe or follow the Fierce Marriage Podcast. That way you don't miss anything, especially for this series. I'm really excited where we're going to go, and I don't want you to miss it. Uh, finally, if, if you want, actually next, if you want to uh, leave a rating and a review, that helps us a ton. If this podcast has helped you, um, just tell somebody, mm-hmm. and and that's how that's the most useful way is you get onto iTunes or whatever your podcast app is. Uh, you can just hit the star thing, that's the rating thing, and then hit a review and spend thirty seconds writing a review. It's really helpful. Now, thank you in advance for that, and thank you to all you wonderful listeners who have taken the time to uh, leave a thoughtful review. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so helpful. Uh, next thing is uh, Patreon. So this podcast, our family, um, the microphones, the editing, the transcriptions, the team behind it all the team behind it. this uh is funded exclusively um, i'll say 90 99 exclusively uh through our lovely patrons and the reason i love that model is because i feel like it's a biblical model the people who are benefiting from this content are the ones supporting it and the hope is that it helps enough people and enough people feel led to support yeah. that it sustains the the content the ministry itself yep and we did a call with some of our patrons last week and it was such a blessing to us um, hey man, I just love kinda, meeting them. Yeah, yeah, it's really great to meet people and to hear how God's working in their lives. And uh, they got to ask us questions. We kind of taught on a little bit of, or shared, I guess, kind of the the state mm. of the union for fierce families and fierce marriage and all that. And it was just, it was a, a very sweet time of fellowship. So you can, you too can be a part of that yeah. if you would like. And yeah. if God's leading you in that, I guess, it would be the better way to say that. Yeah, you're doing pistol fingers right then, which pistol is like, fingers. you got to be a part of that. Uh, yeah, so go to patreon.com. Go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. You'll see all the different options there. Um, and you'll get, like like Selena said, you'll get access to the patron-only Zoom calls, which those are once a month. It's the first uh, Thursday of every, first or second Thursday of every month. You'll know if you get in there. Uh, and then also, you'll get some other free stuff if you want to get books or if you want to get into our Gospel Center Marriage platform. That's all included for our patrons because... Uh, I just think that's the best way we can kind of bless them back mm. um, for being a part of it. So thank you. And all you current patrons, thank you. We couldn't do this without you. Uh, and then finally, uh, gospel-centered marriage. Gospel-centered marriage. i got to pronounce that well. Um, go there. You can learn how to have a gospel-centered marriage as a six-week marriage core. And then there's all kinds of enrichment uh, modules you can go through. Uh, it's video, teaching, and then some worksheets and connection time. Uh, go there. Check that out. Find a plan that works for you. We hope it blesses you and helps you in your marriage. Okay, so that's the pitch part. All right. What is this uh, fifty thousand foot view of joy? Let's let's take a step back. Okay, we're, obviously we're a marriage podcast, but we can't really understand joy in the context of marriage until we really understand joy in the context of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And we can't understand the Christian life without looking at Scripture. <laughs> is Very that good. accurate? Okay. Very good. So where do we go? 
Um, so yeah, we are going to define joy uh, through going through a few scriptures, and then we're going to kind of land on John 15, and we'll um, kind of take a fine-tooth comb through that and what that means for us, uh, draw some of the themes out, and then talk about like the nature of joy and how we can abide in our marriage and what joy in mm-hmm. marriage uh, looks like and in different scenarios, different examples um, of where you might find yourself in your marriage. I want so, to ask you a question first. Okay. When you think of joy in marriage, what comes to mind first? Well, from this study, gladness, but um, I think I was thinking more of happiness and uh, Hmm. contentment, I think, would be like the next level down. Delight would be kind of in between those, (laughs) if I want to get accurate. But um, yeah, joy and happiness seem to be synonymous, which we should demystify this up front. Well, that's what... So I think... I'm hoping just, I would say that. <laughs> no, but it's a good time to go through it, I guess, yeah. um, because that's what people are like, wait, what? Because the, the the recent teaching on this topic has been not that, which that's where I would have gone. If you would have said, Ryan, talk about joy, and I'll say, it's not happiness. Happiness <laughs> is different. And that we had a really good conversation around that, and, and you have made a strong case for them being more similar. I didn't just make a similar. strong case, but minds that are stronger than mine, <laughs> or more sure. bright and more... That's typically how uh, invested research in, works. in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I would have thought when you say, Ryan, what do you think of joy in marriage? I would have thought, well, we have fun together. We laugh. We, you know, there's more smiling than not around the dinner table. Um, we're sharing memories and, together. We're creating memories with our kids. There's generally an upbeatness about our lives and our marriage together. Right. And, and I, there's a deep joy. Sorry. I want to keep, I want to finish this thought. And there's a deep joy that is rooted in like security and knowing that you're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Knowing that, yes, we probably will have trials and hard things we have to go through, but we're going to stick together. And well, that even commitment God is says, solid. count those as joy. Okay, that's true. Um, but when I'm thinking about joy in terms of marriage, I'm thinking that there's this kind of steadfast like security. Sure. And from that place of security, it then wells up within me this this need and this desire to enjoy you, to enjoy our children, to enjoy life out of that place of security. Now, the question is that place of security, does that mean that you're always going to be and stable in every way? You know, are you financially stable? Are you emotionally stable? Hopefully. Um, are you whatever this relationally stable? Is that always a given? I don't, I don't know that you could say that it is, but that's what I think of when you, when we talk about joy gotcha. in the context of marriage. Gotcha. But I do want to talk about that. <clears throat> the idea that happiness and marriage, excuse me, happiness and joy have kind of been, just on their own, yeah. It's um, there's, it's con- there's a, kind of a needless differentiation that's been happening, and I would right, have said with that. believers specifically, which is interesting because the teaching it, it usually kind of falls along these points of happiness is a feeling, but joy is not. Happiness is fleeting, but joy is everlasting. Happiness depends on like circumstances or other people, but joy is a gift from God. <clears throat> happiness is worldly, but joy is divine. So those, but but the Bible in Scripture, there's no major force forcing to like distinction between the two um so so why are to we making draw a some, yeah to yeah. draw something out of it is is kind of arbitrary is, is what so here's here's I, what it I think. still kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit and i don't know if i've just been so entrenched in happiness versus joy but truly like joy is an expression it is a feeling it is well, uh, said, an imperative even like a command it's used many different ways and you said rejoice is a word that's used yeah. a lot and that's kind of the imperative side of like take joy, go run with this joy, let the joy come out of you in a way. 
Um, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You know, all the Psalms that are filled with that. Yeah. Um, so here's here's why that struck, struck shout me. Shout for joy. And you're basically saying that stop, and this is the plea that you're making in this based on the research you've done, is that we need to stop making a distinction between Christian happiness and Christian joy. Yes. Okay. There is a distinction between worldly happiness and Christian happiness. There's a distinction to be made between worldly joy and Christian joy. Right. And here's where the tendency is, and I'm just going to articulate the position so hopefully we can we can um, come at it more effectively. But in the past, I mean in the recent past, as in like probably less than two hours ago, <laughs> you would have asked me this. Um, and this is why I'm so easy to let go of that because I feel like the case for, for the other thing is so much stronger. So if you said, hey, what's the difference between happiness and joy? I would have said exactly what you just described. Mm-hmm. And that happiness kind of depends on your circumstance and joy is deep-seated and unchanging. And I do think that there is an aspect of it. But you're, you made the case that joy is an outward expression. It's a, it's a very direct feeling, an experience that is the result of these deep truths. And so the analogy that I made when you and I were talking is that if you're outside and you see a duck, uh, you say, that's a duck, right? And then, all, and then you walk a little bit further and you see a squirrel. You say, oh, that's not a, that's not a squirrel. That's just a, a duck that looks like a squirrel. And that, you'd be like, you're, you're an idiot. That's not a duck that looks like a squirrel. That's a squirrel. <laughs> and so I think we do the same thing with these ideas in our minds. We can, yeah. And so what I mean by that is I'll say, like, I have deep joy and I feel it and I want to rejoice. I want to sing. I want to be, you know, I'm really, I'm just feeling I'm happy. We see that in scripture when David starts dancing and there's, when, when Mary's rejoicing uh, and when, when Adam is rejoicing over the arrival of Eve, there's this very outward expression of joy and say, yeah, that's joy. But the joy is still, this is what I would say, I would have said, joy is still there even when I'm feeling depressed, feeling down, feeling anxious, feeling uneasy and what I've come to realize is that that is like calling a duck, a squirrel a duck, because it's not joy. But what I can have in those moments, in that steadfastness, that unchangingness, I'm clinging then to a different fruit of the Spirit. I'm clinging then to peace. Mm. I'm clinging then to hope. I still have the unchanging fruit that's there. It's not the same type of fruit, though. And that's the argument that I think is what we were making. So I, I would have called something that's not joy, joy. In those instances, I feel a sense of of security, but it's not joy filled security. It's peace or hope filled security. Right. Does that make sense? And I'm looking at the faithfulness of God in my tough circumstance. And then Paul comes in and says, count it all joy. And so it's almost like you can say, okay, yeah, this, I don't feel joy, but I'm going to count this a joy to feel hope and peace in this instance. Right. So that's where the joy comes from is I can still feel hope when I feel no joy. Now, therefore I can now feel a sense of joy because I still have hope, even though the emotions that usually well up in an outward way aren't necessarily right there. Sure. Is that, I hope I articulated that well. I think so. Um, I think so. I, I just, for, for me, well, when we're talking about, you kind of jumped around here, so I, I'm going to back up. We will talk about James 1, 2, count trials as joy. Cause as you were talking, I was just thinking about how scripture says to count them as joy. So it's and the way that it's said, like if you look at the grammar of it, and I haven't dissected this sentence, but it feels like an imperative. You count trials as all as all joy. Why? Because so, like when we're in the trials, we can hmm. cause we can make ourselves uh, like align these and say, "I'm supposed to count these as joy because I am." God has not left me. God has a plan and purpose in this. God is going to be glorified through this. So these trials are a way of glorifying the Lord 
therefore I can count them as joy. So anyways, we can look at that in just a minute. But I want to back up just a little bit because you said, um, you were just talking about joy and happiness. They are essentially one and the same uh, when you're talking about them in the Bible, those ideas. And I, it's still, there's a tinge in me that's like, that. Ah, I don't think so, but, <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm going to trust in this process and maybe, um, unpack that a little bit more with some research, but can I add one caveat on my, on my <clears throat> own? Yeah. Cause I would say that you can, as a believer, have a supernatural sense of joy Yes. in those down moments. Yes. But I just, I want to be very careful not to call something that is not joy, joy. Yes. Because we have dif- different fruits of the, of the spirit. We have joy as a fruit of the spirit, right. but if we call something else that's not joy, joy, then I think we miss out when mm. we can really rejoice in gotcha. something and, and experience the fullness of what joy is because we've always called joy right. anything and everything it's, joy. It's really defining them and sticking to that definition in right. order to yeah have that full experience as well. So um, looking at what joy is, it, uh, if you you know if you Google it, it's just a, it is a feeling, an expression. Um, in Scripture, we see joy and gladness are closely intertwined. There's always joy because of gladness or gratefulness or uh, some sort of something. Uh, Joy is a result of that. Hmm. Uh, You hear the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that is actually in Nehemiah 8.10, which is so weird to me when I was looking at it. I was like, no, surely this is the wrong reference. (laughs) Surely it's in like the New Testament or Proverbs or Psalm or something. It feels more poetic, right? The joy of the Lord is our strength. And um, it's actually Nehemiah telling people are you looking it up yeah yeah uh, can i read the whole verse uh, sure uh then he said to them oh this remember he was rebuilding the wall right that was the context here uh um, yeah and he's reading the people asked him to bring out the book of moses and to read it and so they were all listening attentively to him okay. reading it okay then he said to them go your own way eat the fat and drink sweet wine sweet berry wine <laughs> <laughs> and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready for this day is holy to our lord and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, so the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. Hmm. So it's, inter- it's interesting, because so it's a call out of the grief, mm-hmm. out of the grieving into uh, the joy of the Lord. And so it's it's just... This is where I want to make that really clear distinction is like there's a, there is grief and there's joy mm-hmm. and there's a contrast. So when we're in a, spa- a space of grief, I don't feel joy in that moment, but I can feel peace and I can feel hope and I can remember that the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Bible doesn't say, that it, I, don't, I don't know anywhere where it says the peace of the Lord is your strength, mm. right? And maybe there's a reason for that. I'm speculating. I haven't studied this, but I'm just on the fly speculating here a little bit because it's when, when out of the... The, like the stoutness of heart and the sturdiness of that joy where the now I'm motivated now to move forward in a, from a place of strength mm-hmm. into whatever God is calling us to put our hands to. Right. I know it's really easy to do work when I'm in a great mood. <laughs> it's a lot harder to do work and to be productive when I'm not in a great mood and right. not feeling that joy. So maybe that's what the joy of the Lord is your strength means. I don't know if you had something else you were going. Um, there was, I did research kind of that there was a whole article on got questions. You know how we like that website. Uh, about kind of the difference of joy and happiness, but um, he did talk about like what is the joy of the Lord, and uh, just a quick quote I think summed it up: "The joy of the Lord is the gladness of heart that comes from knowing God, abiding in Christ, and being filled with the Holy Spirit." Um, I wow. felt like that was very 
all-inclusive. So what were those three things? Uh, the joy of the Lord is the gladness of heart. That comes from? That comes from knowing God, abiding in Christ, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. So you you had, in our discussion, we brought this up and I, and I asked you this question. Is it possible for a depressed person, person to feel joy? And because uh, it's possible, certainly, for yeah. a depressed person to do those three things, to abide in Christ, to what? Sorry. Know God. To know God and to... Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so, and that's not scripture, of course. That's that's a... A quote. That, yeah, that's a um, commentary on it. But the point is, is, and so that's, that's again, going back to this distinction. It's like if you can, you can feel depressed and still cling to and abide in Christ with the hope that your joy will be complete in that moment and that you will, you will then be girded up with the joy of the Lord mm. to then become strong once again, all the while feeling weak. Mm. And so you're hoping in Christ. And, right. And he, and this got us talking about the seasonal nature of fruit, like fruit bearing and how, right. why is the spirit, the, why is right. it called the fruit of the spirit and not, not <laughs> the vegetables of the spirit, which could be, it or not could like be. the bark of the spirit <laughs> or like some other like thing that doesn't come and go. Right. It's not seasonal. And which leads us nicely into talking about joy again. So again, joy first is kind of this expression. It is uh, the joy of our Lord, of knowing him, of abiding in him, of being filled with him. That is our strength. That is where that he is our source of joy and strength. Um, But then, of course, the Bible goes on to talk about, well, Paul does joy as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, In Galatians 5, we see... um, Keeping in step with the Spirit is the whole theme of this uh, lower part of the passage. And it, he writes, I'm just trying to figure out where to start because it's just like, but I say, walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And he goes into what those desires are. But if you, um, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit. So the works of the flesh are, you know, sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, anger, fits of rage or fits of anger, jealousy, strife. Dissension, division, uh, sensuality, I think that covers all of it. Enmity, drunkenness, orgies, things like these. Uh, but <laughs> just, just, the spirit... You glossed over all these sorry, massive Sorry, I know. I was things. like, I guess I should have just read the verse. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Hmm. Um so as a fruit of the spirit, so as a product, as a, as produce, as something that is being produced in us by the work of the Holy Spirit, again, we see, hmm. uh, kind of that reinforcement of when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, when we are abiding with God, we are going to know him. And I think by knowing, not just by knowing him, but abiding with him, you and I were talking about this word abiding, which we'll jump into in a little bit, um, there's this yeah. whole the whole relationship aspect. Like the Pharisees knew of God, right? Yeah. But clearly they didn't have a relationship. And I guess there's a lot more argument that can happen around that. Well, but that's where the walking in <laughs> right. step with the spirit. The spirit, right. Um and Jesus explicitly came and he, he gave the counselor, the, the helper. He sent the Holy Spirit to come be our counselor. Yes. Um I, I I'm sorry, but that Galatians five passage to me is so it, it's so helpful in this case because if you're sitting here or you're in your car, you're, you're doing chores, or you're going for a jog, whatever you're doing listening to this podcast, and you're thinking to yourself, man, I just wish I had more 
joy in my marriage. I'm, whatever Ryan and Selene are describing, I want more of kind of that laughter, that contentment, that deep gladness. Uh, connectedness. That over, yeah, that rejoicing, that connectedness. I want that. Okay, now we, we gloss over this, okay? And Selena did it too, and this isn't not to call you out, but we gloss over the works of the flesh as instructive, okay? And we get right down into the roots of the spirit and say, okay, okay, now I need to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Okay, focus on these things. That's good. And that's all good and fine. Now, remember, this wells up from within. It wells up from something deeper that's happening by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's fruit. It's not the root. It's not stapled on there, but it grows from the inside out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now the the works of the flesh are fruits of the flesh, mm. and so if we are walking in things that are not joy filled and not peace filled, not hope filled, not uh, patient, kind, or good, or faithful, or gentle, or self controlled, there's a good chance we're walking in something that is flesh infused, that is flesh, that is the fruit of the flesh. So let's look at these with sobriety here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now the works of the flesh are evident. He's saying they're self-evident. Here they are. Sexual immorality. Okay. <laughs> Sexual immorality. I, could, I mean, you could spend a whole episode on that. But, a whole series on that for and how do we, marriage. How, is is in your, in your marriage, is sexual immorality a part of your marriage? Now, what does that look like in a faithful marriage? Okay. Now, but it's kind of an oxymoron, right? To say right. that sexual immorality in a faithful marriage. But I'm saying that you can have a monogamous marriage that is still sexually immoral. And that you're not sleeping with other people, but you are lusting. Hmm. Uh, or you are allowing sexually immoral things into your home, whether that's um, you know actions that are sexually immoral, um, uh, whether that's viewing things or talking about things or joking about things that mm-hmm. are sexually immoral. That goes to the next one, which is impurity, mm-hmm. sensuality, and sensuality um, is kind of just seeking the desires of the flesh above all else, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and it's almost like this wantonness, I think is one of the ways they they would interpret that word as a wantonness, kind of a desire for things that are that are that are how do I describe it? Um <laughs> things that are just kind of carnal. Car- yes, thank you. Very carnal, okay? <laughs> Idolatry. Now that's I, just all of sin, it feels like. <laughs> well, Paul in, I know it's in another place compared covet- covetousness to idolatry. Right. That was earlier on in Galatians, I believe. Uh, so covetousness and that are we, and so are we walking in these different aspects of the flesh and we're wondering why we have no joy? Hmm. Okay. And so I'm looking over at our neighbor's house and it's so much nicer. Their car is so much nicer. I'm looking on Instagram and they, their life is so much more together uh, and I'm coveting. Yeah. Okay. Sorcery. We think about sorcery. Like that's not a thing. Like I don't go to the Stones witch doctor. and gems, my friends, <laughs> but <laughs> the gems and all the telling of the stars and all that. Can I just stop you for one second? Because I just think just because we want the fruit of the spirit, this is what you're saying, doesn't mean we immediately have it. Well, the whole point of this aspect of Galatians is saying don't walk according to the flesh. Right. Like you've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer you who live, but Christ lives in you. By faith. And and the whole point of that is saying, like, you can now recognize, like, this is the flesh, this is the spirit. I'm crucified to the flesh, therefore that is no longer part of my nature. Right. And there's a sense in which I have to turn away from that actively. There's also a sense in which my desires are being changed. Absolutely. Internally. Absolutely. And those those two things happen when you're uh, in concert with one another. Abiding. <laughs> when you're imbi- when you're, when, I was going to say imbibing. <laughs> nope. When you're abiding. Uh, I just want to, I don't know, this word sorcery, I, I, I'm stuck on it right now, and I can't remember what the Greek uh, root for that was. Um, yeah, it's like potion making, okay? Okay, potion making. That's exactly where I go. 
it's it, it's where you get the word phar- pharmakeia, so pharmacy, okay. pharmaceutical, uh, potion making. Yeah. I just think I can't help and just bear with me, but all these like all these remedies for the ills of life. Uh, don't even say it. <laughs> Essential oils. There, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> You're alchemist. Are you referring to alchemy? <laughs> no, but like this. you. Okay, okay. We're, we're joking about essential oils, but we it's consumerism. And again, okay, Paul's let's... not talking about consumerism. He's talking about like potion making, and and it's a different view. But I'm saying let's let's extrapolate maybe something out of this. There's this idea that I will be saved, or I will find satisfaction, or I will find the deep meanings of life if I'm able just to get the thing that I want through acquiring something. Sorcery. It's, it's, it's sorcery. <laughs> so anyway, it's inter- it's interesting. We can probably stop there, but I'm just saying maybe we're living and we're we're putting too much weight in in these things oh, in our maybe, lives, yeah, and it's walking in step with the flesh and not with the spirit. Seeing exactly what they are, we're not defining them, and we're not. And here's how that could clearly play out: is I'm instead of going to my community to pray for me, I'm now Google searching this different essential oils that help me with anxiety. Hmm. Instead of going to my spouse and saying, I need you to pray with me because I need God to intervene in my life. Instead of doing that, I'm now going to Instagram and looking up whatever the latest remedy is for that thing. Sure. Okay, so that's, again, I don't want to read that into the text. I'm saying that's where that that pushed me to think. So that was a lot of Ryan's commentary there. Um, But enmity, you're looking that up. Enmity, yeah. It's the state or feeling of being actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. Uh-oh. That rings true. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, so if you're This a is state... not the scripture I wanted to be set on, Ryan. But this is... <laughs> this, like this is the text. This is the text. So if you're feeling that way towards your husband or your wife and mm. you're wondering why you have no joy... Hmm. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. That doesn't even have to be towards your husband or your wife. I mean, if you have it towards oh, yeah. anything outside, I mean, think politics, think... Um, Anything in the world. Whoever's on the other side of your political... (laughs) Yes. uh, Or the other side of anything that you like. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. There there is grounds for enmity there, right? mm, Strife. um, Jealousy. Fits of anger. Rivalries. Mm. Dissensions. Divisions. Envy. Mm. Drunkenness. Orgies. (laughs) And things like these. I just like what is Why he thinking do you laugh? of? What, I know. What is he thinking of when he says well, things like these? Well, because it was probably more prone. I well, don't I, know. I mean, orgies, right? Like, you don't need to stay here that long. I'm just saying. But there's a, it is okay. interesting that that yeah. word is used here. Yeah, it must have been a problem. Um, the point is, is there's kind of this sexual wantonness that was probably endemic to the to the time and to the place and to well, and the there's culture. Probably less. Um, Police, policing there's less law there was a lot of lawlessness i think and it was just dealt with a heavy hand whereas nowadays there's kind of levels of how you deal with different offenses and so can i keep harping on this for just a minute okay and then okay. he goes on to say and things like these i warn you as i warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit inherit the kingdom of god mm. so typically when we read that we'll think they don't get to heaven but what if, remember Christ came and he brought the kingdom to earth. He, he left the Holy Spirit now to, to realize the kingdom in our hearts and in our lives. Okay? His kingdom came. It's, he, he will return again and it will be fully, kingdom come fully uh, realized. On earth. But it's kingdom. happening. It's already but not yet. And so maybe, maybe, and I don't, again, I don't want to read into that, but maybe what Paul is saying is that you're not inheriting the kingdom. Yes, maybe in the internal sense, but maybe you're also not inheriting it here and now. Through the fruit of the spirit, right? The kingdom has come. 
and, and Christ has come. He's, he has done established his kingship on the throne. He's reigning in heaven. He will soon reign here on earth as well. Right. But for here and now, the kingdom is, it looks like the spirit reigning in the, in the human heart, in the Christian's yeah, that's heart. That's a lot of things. And that's, so when well, we don't, when we, when we live in these certain ways, what I'm saying is that we are, we are, we, sorry, when we live in these ways, we shouldn't be surprised when joy is hard to come by, when hope is hard to come by, when peace is lacking, when, you know, when we don't have the fruits that we so desperately want. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes later. No, I know, but... it's good. It's good. Um, you know, as you were saying those things, not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, for sure, that means today and possibly in the future. I'm not the one to determine that. But if you are not walking, he's saying, he he opens this whole section of, I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Uh, the desires of flesh are against the desires of the spirit. And so they're opposed to one another. And so if if you're, I don't necessarily think those things are going to produce fruit. I know we said like, well, you're going to have the fruit of the world, basically. I think those produce death. Hmm. Um, and the fruit of the spirit produces life. Um, love, joy, peace. I, I, I. So those all things would fall under the category of life. Right. And the other fruits of the flesh would be under the category of death. Right. It's not going to reproduce. It's just going to take you down towards death. There's not going to be fruitfulness. There will be end (laughs) and death of the things that God has determined for us to be fruitful in. Um, So I think that we need to see joy. It's important that we see joy as a fruit of the Spirit, as something being produced, as something that leads to more fruitfulness. But we can only be fruitful as it is produced in us and as we are abiding in Christ, right? And as uh, he is our joy, knowledge of him, knowing him, being in relationship with him, being filled mm-hmm. with God, the Holy Spirit. So again, we see joy as this yeah. is very intertwined with gladness. It is the joy of knowing our God is our strength. Joy mm-hmm. is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's something that's produced in us. Yeah. It is also an expression or like an imperative of gladness. We see a constant, uh, we talk, we'll talk about rejoicing. Yeah. Um, do you want to say something? Well, I know we're going to move on to the next point, but I just, I can't help but think that joy is the, is the gateway fruit into the rest of these. We it's, cause here's the order. And I, again, I want to speculate here, but, but the fruit of the spirit is first it's love, then joy, then peace, then patience, then kindness. So if we start with love, which we've talked about love ad nauseum, right? Cause it's a marriage podcast. And the, nat- the true nature of love, and how Christ is the the fuel and and the the foundation of our love, right? Right. What if the next thing after that, the natural thing, is is joy? Think of when we fell in love, and that we don't use that term often, but <laughs> but we when I was just like, who is this girl, and I want to spend my life with her? Yes, the very next emotion was joy. Yeah, was joy. And not to say that I was walking in step with the spirit at that moment, but maybe that's how the, you were. No. <laughs> yeah, actually, I probably was uh, by his grace. I didn't know it. But the point is that maybe there's this progression to human uh, kind of emotional attachment or there's a, an, a, like a domino kind of domino. Well, yeah, I was just over. looking up the translation, different translations of that order, and they seem to stay in the same order no matter the translation. Well, my question is, did Paul intend the order to be significant oh, in a way? I don't know. You asked Paul that. Or was he just kind of listing things <laughs> off? Kind of, there's not specific. Were they bullets? Or they, is it a bulleted it, list or a numbered list? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't um, know. I think I think there could be a case for that, for sure. Uh, a case made for that. And so in that way, it's a gateway. Like, joy becomes this gateway into 
peace and patience and kindness toward each other in general. Uh, you know, if I'm feeling joyful, I'm going to have more peace with you, more kindness towards you, more patience towards you. So anyway, we can go on to the next piece. I really want to talk about the abide side of this. We'll get there. Welcome to the abide side. We're almost there. (laughs) Uh, Philippians four, four through five, uh, says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So this it's a, he actually opens it up. So again, we see this shout for joy. The whole section is, is rejoice in the Lord. Um, maybe I'm in the wrong it keeps giving me the BSB version, right. um, but encouragement, exhortation, prayer, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Uh, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds and all in Christ Jesus. Interesting. Again, you see joy and then peace hmm. uh, in that order. Uh, in this section, but yeah. again, joy as a um, expression, um, we see shout for joy in the Old Testament a lot, like Isaiah four nine thirteen, Psalms ninety eight fourteen. These are uh, imperatives, commands. You shout for joy. Uh, yeah. It's the implied you. So what? It, what am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be imp- approaching um, the throne? You know, with shouts of joy or rejoicing. Uh, we see uh, rejoicing with, like you said, Mary and the birth of Jesus. Uh, yeah. In Luke two ten, of them saying, you know, but the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid. I bring you good new news that will cause for be cause for great joy, or cause you to rejoice for, for all the people. Mm. Uh, you know, Savior was Christ the Lord. So we see joy used again as um, announcements, expressions. Uh, it's it's you're looking at the different angles. I think is what we're trying to do to define joy of yeah. what it is. And um, in James one two. This is the last one before we jump into John 15, which is where we'll stay for the rest of the uh, episode here. Um, It's talking about consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds in your Mm. marriage. (laughs) That's my version. No, Uh, because, you know, the test in your faith develops perseverance. Allow perseverance to finish work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So we see that we are able to count. Yeah trials as joy as pure joy not just joy right i don't even know what that night happiness so here's here's where i want to begin tease it out a little bit more because if we we say consider the trials joy because okay or count it doesn't say consider it's counted joy Mm -hmm. because you know that trials will produce perseverance and uh, testing your faith produces perseverance forget the exact wording uh, but the point I want to make is he's not saying don't fake it till you make it. He's not saying just consider it joy. Like, it's joy. Like you're saying, no, it's it's terrible. I'm in a trial yeah. right now. Let's look at this with sober. He's not saying that. He's saying, judgment. okay, you're in a trial and that's that's horrible. Here's a joyful thing about it though: is that through that trial you'll have perseverance. It's the same reason anyone goes to the gym who wants to get stronger or, or does exercise does does exercises does the exercises or who runs you know sprints or whatever because they want to get faster. Yeah. the it's hard at the moment, but you're doing it because there's a greater joy kind of set before mm. you. And that's the name of the Christian faith, right? It's for the joy set before us. Yes. And so we don't feel the fullness of eternal joy right now, but it's for that joy. Right. That we continue in these trials, knowing that that will produce the perseverance that we need to continue yes. onward in this path. And in marriage, I feel like that's especially prevalent because marriage is for life. It's, right. it's meant to be for life. And so when you're in a trial, you can look at it and say, with your... Holy Spirit glasses on with your Holy Spirit perspective. That's the most corny way of saying it. You can say, 
I know that this trial will produce perseverance, which will, by God's grace, I'm hoping that it will produce a more joy-filled marriage, mm. a more uh, steadfast marriage, and all the fruits that I that so desperately want. Um, I, you're talking about the nature of joy, and I know you're going to go to the um, John 15 piece, um, but I wanted to do a quick little sidebar on uh, Psalm 42, and and, and the reason is because I'm just I mean I'm very intrigued by the idea and the correlation between desires and joy, and how God will transform the desires of our hearts to to allow us to find greater joy in the in the things that He finds joy in. Uh, we had prayed uh, around I think either the breakfast table or the dinner table in the last day. Lord, help us. Maybe it was before the podcast. Help us hate sin as much as you hate sin. Help us uh, take joy in righteousness, like mm-hmm. you. Uh, take pleasure and joy in your own and in, in righteousness in your own character, right? And so I'm reading in Psalm 42. Uh, it's the as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, "Where is your God?" These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession in the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down? O my soul. And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you. So you see this, this desire and the, the language as the deer pants for flowing streams, my soul pants for you. Oh God, that desire is so palpable that it's it's as if i am just parched mm. and thirsty and then he's saying i am in this moment of thirst why are you cast down hope again in your god hope in god for i shall again praise him mm. and so i don't know that that correlation between desire and hope fulfilled and therefore joy mm. okay so if our desires so desire plus hope fulfilled equals joy is that what you're kind of saying well again going back to the flesh versus the spirit right if i'm right. walking in step with the spirit and i'm saying god align my desires with yours the bible says delight yourself in the lord he'll he'll give you the desires of your heart and the way to read that is not he'll give you what you want but instead he'll transform your desires he'll grant to you the desires that he wants you to have mm. and, he'll, and he'll implant them in you mm-hmm. um, when you delight yourself in the lord your desires are changed and now I am hoping in him for the things that he, it, it, my, my will is so aligned with him. I'm I, hoping want for the, I want what he wants. Thank you. And then the hope fulfilled is God's sovereign will fulfilled, his providential will, mm-hmm. his decree fulfilled, mm-hmm. righteousness in the life of a sinner. Uh, the dead are made alive. And now from there, this hope fulfilled wells forth the spring of joy. Mm-hmm. Right, a hope fulfilled is a is a wellspring of joy. Right, and so I don't know. I just think that that correlation between desire. So a lot of times when we approach this joy conversation in marriage, people say, "Help me just have a happier marriage." And and the quick answer is, "Hey, go on a date, uh, have some fun together, uh, be friends, rekindle your friendship." But and, and that that's part not, of it. Yeah, that's part of it. But what I'm here to say is that maybe there's there's a desire that needs to be just uprooted even deeper than we realize. To want what God wants for our marriage, not just what we want for our marriage, but to say, God, help my marriage be the marriage you want it to be mm. because my hope is in you. And then when that hope is fulfilled by God's grace, then that joy is just, it's, it wells up from a much deeper place as opposed to just kind of, you know, uh, maybe the surfacey, more surfacey happinesses and joys that we would hope to experience. Anyway, a little bit of sidebar, yeah. mm-hmm. but I just think that desire is so important. And so, if you're sitting here and saying, "I don't know what I don't I don't I don't know how to want that more," that's the beginning. Is you mm-hmm. just ask God, God, make me want 
what you want. Make me hunger and thirst for your righteousness. Transform my desires to be in line with your will. I only want what you want. Lord Jesus, help me in that. That's the beginning of that. And then I'm just saying buckle up because God has a way of 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 bringing uh, his desires into into your heart when you invite him into that place. Mm. So good. So John 15, we just got a little bit more time here, I think. Um, yeah. We are going to read verses 1 through 11. Oh, we don't have that much time. And uh, <laughs> uh, talking about joy. Uh, I'll just read it and then we'll talk about it because the okay. last verse is kind of the the hook here. Okay. Um, verse one, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Uh, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Wow. So we were talking about this um, before. The- you got to go two more verses. This this is my commandment, that okay, you love one another. <laughs> oh, really? I was, but then okay. I was like, ah, it's a lot of rain, but maybe. This is my commandment, yeah. that you love one another as I have loved you. Mm. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Uh, you are friends if you do what I command you. Um, it goes on. The point is all that talk about abiding, 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 joy being fulfilled in that. And then the commandment is love one another as I have loved you, which to me is profound, especially in marriage. Yes, um, absolutely. No, absolutely. And yeah. so, uh, you know, if we pick apart this this whole passage, we see the last part was where kind of I wanted to start because it was so big of, the things that I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you. These are red letters. So these are Jesus talking that Jesus's joy may be in us and that our joy will be full. I was just so taken back by that passage because I don't tend to think of myself as being someone that God takes joy in. I think just because I see all the flaws and again, I'm being sanctified in my own, Mm. uh, on my own path. And so there's, there's room for, joy to be known and discovered in this, I guess, is what I'm trying to dig out and hopefully encourage you as listeners is that, um, we, when we are abiding in Christ, uh, when you, what did you say? You said like, uh, abiding in him or a joy fulfilled desire, desire and a joy fulfilled or a hope fulfilled equals joy. Um, when we abide in him, our desires become of him and they're his desires. And that's the piece I wanted to pause. Cause you said you didn't know how you could bring joy to God in that way. Right. That he would take joy in you. And that's where I would say, yeah, cause if you're glorifying him, he, 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 he's the only one that rightfully wants his own glory because he's God. Anything else would be idolatrous. <laughs> but he can only, he only wants his own glory. Yes. And so he's not loving you to glorify you. He's loving you because you're glorifying him. 
and there's a, there's a delight there, and there's a joy that's being fulfilled in you. Well, and then you. our joy is full, right? Because He is the giver of all joy, and He's the He's the vine, right? We're not the vine, right? We're just a branch. We're just a branch. I love that He says it so many times. He's identifying yeah. it because oftentimes we want to be the vine. <laughs> we yeah. want to be the vine dresser. We want to be the one who cuts off. We want to be the one who's right, who decides where yeah. the growth is going <clears> to <throat> happen. And Jesus is saying, you can do nothing apart from me. So understand, yeah. you are not the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. This is how you glorify yeah, me. This so is good. how you live. It's abiding in my love. Abiding in who I am. Joy comes from this. Joy yeah. comes from me. Joy comes from mm. uh, the fullness of who God is. Knowing, experiencing, and living into that. So if we... Abide is 10 times in 10 verses. So it's a pretty important thing. Pretty important thing. Uh, I, I, I challenge you to find another place in scripture where there's the same thing said 10 times over 10 verses. In right. A row. Right. Yeah. Um, so the nature of joy, like how do we abide in our marriage? How do we abide and find joy? You mean how do we abide in Christ within our marriage? Right. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's going to be maybe the couple's conversation challenge. Is, right. And so Selena had, you had some, um, I asked you what, cause I got a little irritated cause I'm, cause I've heard this before and I'm like, what does it mean to abide in Christ? Cause if we say abide <laughs> in Christ, and you'll have joy. I feel like we need a little bit more. Like, how do I abide in him? How do I find like how, how <laughs> tell me how, how. Do I abide? just tell me the way well, to go. I can't go. tell you how things grow. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. that abiding there's, there's fruit that comes from abiding and that fruit is the proof that you are abiding in Christ. And so okay. abiding to me would, would mean you are obedient, right? To his commands, to the word, you're in the word. So you know the word, so you're able to be obedient to the word, uh, following Jesus example. You're living free from like habitual sin. Again, knowing the word not living in sin seems pretty on par with where you should be. And I would include, uh, I just think of like worship community and like Bible reading and prayer. So those are kind of like the things that to me, uh, show me that I guess at, at higher levels or I see fruit in your life and these, I see fruit on all of these levels. Like I, I know that you're praying because I can tell when you are engaging with me in a conversation and, it is just, it's just dripping with scripture and like goodness and pure and true. Those things that we're called to, to think on, right? In Philippians. And it's, yeah. so when you are in the word, when you are praying, when we are in community with the body of Christ uh, and we are worshiping him, those to me are indicators, like active in all of those areas. They're indicators. You will see fruit. Yes. They're indicators. That's what I want to hover You'll on. You'll see fruit. Those aren't necessarily how to abide. No. Because that becomes legalism. Absolutely. Although all those things are in line with a life that is abiding in yes. Christ. The abiding has to do with with trust and belief yes. and saying, God, you're God. I am not. Uh, Proverbs ten twelve. I think it says the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, fear of the Lord is not, I'm afraid of you, God. That's part of it. But it's. God, you're God and I'm not. You've heard yeah. us say this a lot. You are the vine, I am not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that is a, what is that posture there? That's a humble posture. Mm-hmm. God, I am not God. You are not, you are God. I am not. I have to, I need you. I trust you. Help me. Help me live mm-hmm. and help me trust in you. Help me to abide and see how the, the posture changes. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you trust God so deeply and so intensely that you want him so badly what do you do? 
you start going to hear his voice. You start praying. You start going to the word to hear what he has to say. Mm. You start saying, God, your word says this hard thing. I'm not going to sit over in authority to your word. I'm going to let your authority sit over me. And you, you tell me what to do. I'm going to learn to come under it. And I'm not going to filter what you say or p- cherry pick what you say so that I can just make myself feel better. But instead, I am going to put myself under your authority. Mm. That to me is, is the very beginning of, of abiding. And that's the very beginning of a life that is all the things that you've just you said. And you mm-hmm. said that at the outset, these are indicators. And so as a result, you'll end up getting in scripture. You'll end up being in true Christian community because you're realizing this is the body of Christ and, and she's beautiful and she's multifaceted and there's people that I need to help me at, in the body. Uh, and I, you pray because you need God mm. and you, uh, you, you worship him as a family because you want to glorify him. And so that's, that's the big question. I think the couple's conversation challenge is go to, go to your spouse and ask this question. Are we a family that abides in Christ? Do we want nothing more than to be, to be glorifiers of God in heaven and ask yourselves these honest questions. Do we spend time in, like, is there evidence of our abiding? Is there fruit? Is there fruit? Do we see joy? Not, are you fruity? Oh my goodness. (laughs) But is there fruit? preachy and sassy today. (laughs) Is it sassy to be preachy? Well, um, you can have a little sassy tone, I think, or a little soapbox tone sometimes. You're just, you're you're hypersensitive to it. I am, probably. So, just to, um, I don't know, shed some light on where we're going to go in the next few weeks. We are going to talk about, you know, more every week about what does joy look like in marriage. Um, kind of even diving into things like the sources of joy, the sources of the source of our joy. Where are we expecting, you know, biblical joy in the world's uh, sources of joy, right? Sometimes I think we want what? that deep eternal joy uh, or we were looking for some sort of fulfillment in something that was never designed, or even our spouse was not designed to fulfill us in that way. Yeah. Um, even talking about joy in trials and how, uh, what is a lack of joy? If you look at the Old Testament, the, the lack of joy was often an indicator of disobedience. Wow. Uh, wow. And then how can we be producers of joy? Um, what does that mean? What does that look like? These are not like, you know, in stone of where we're going, that, but this is kind of the... I would imagine that we would look, in, especially in terms of delight and desire around joy in the various a- aspects and areas of marriage. So like intimacy, I don't know where we're going to go exactly with this, but how do you delight in one another and take joy in your intimate life? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Well, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how this this uh, theme unfolds in the coming weeks. So anyway, make sure you uh, subscribe and follow so you don't miss any of that. Um, but again, couples conversation challenge. Ask yourselves, are we abiding in Christ in our marriage? Is there evidence of our abiding? And what does that evidence look or not look like mm. in your marriage? And just have an honest conversation. And wherever you end in that, like just pray. Pray, God, help us to want what you want. Help us to reject what you reject and to hate what you hate, namely the sin in our own lives so that we can live lives that are more glorifying to you. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll pray for us, and then we'll call it, okay? All right. I got the head nod. <laughs> Lord, I thank you um, for your word. that You didn't have to give us scripture, but you did. You revealed yourself. You, uh, you showed us how to please you. You showed us your law, which was a grace in itself. But then you realized that we were too, uh, we were too sinful and inadequate to fulfill the law. So you fulfilled the law yourself. And you gave us yourself as an, as a reward for you for fulfilling the law. So Lord, I thank you for your 
your unmatched uh, and unmerited grace in our lives to even be having this conversation. I pray for the couples listening to this, that they would behold you in all your glory and that they would, from beholding you, uh, have this rich, deep, welling up within them desire to please you, to follow you, to walk in step with you, Holy Spirit, to walk in unity with one another for their good, for your glory. God, I pray that you would strengthen the couples listening to this, the the husbands, the wives listening to this, to bolster them, Lord, uh, and uphold them with your spirit, with your hope, and with your peace. Lord, without you, we are hopeless. Without you, we are helpless. So we look to you, Holy Spirit, for only what you can do, and it is to rescue us and continue guiding us and leading us and guide these couples in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, um, as a reminder... I'm going to go ahead, uh, yeah, go ahead and um, if you haven't yet, check out gospelcenteredmarriage.com. That's, uh, we mentioned at the outset, that is our um, online learning platform for couples. It helps couples get on the same page finally and once and for all in terms of what is, who are we in in Christ and how are we to live as a married couple. And then we give you a monthly, um, I guess they're enrichment courses that are meant to be done in one or two sittings. Anyway, go to gospelcentermarriage.com and check out the different plans there. Our our hope is that it's something that can become part of the culture of your marriage so that you can be continually growing in the things of God and not growing stagnant as a married couple and deepening your joy as a result. So Mm. with that said, um, I hope you take us up on that. And this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is in the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.